People have so many different interpretations of what describes the perfect love life. It can be hard to talk about how we feel. Until now, welcome to Pillow Talk with Cheryl, featuring host and relationship expert Cheryl Besner. Cheryl's kind of like your BFF, easy to talk to and frankly honest. Whether it's about love and relationships, sex and desires, she's here along with some great experts. Now, here's Cheryl Besner. Hi, everybody. I'm Cheryl, your relationship coach and communication expert here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. You know what the show is all about. It's about you and I connecting and talking about subjects that sometimes you're not so comfortable to talk about or you need some advice but really don't know where to turn. Well, this is the place to turn when you want to learn little tips and try expanding your reach and communicating better with the people around you. The topic is life, love, and lust. And today's topic actually is going to be the United Nations of Love. And especially at this time and what's going on in the world around us and with people that are seeking refuge and needing love and needing support, we're going to talk about human kindness. And, you know, in in the yoga term and, and when we look at it through philosophy in those terms, we call it metta, which is the act of loving kindness. And later in in the show, I am going to share with you my little whisper of inspiration for the week that intimate pillow talk at the end of the show that I always share. And it's going to be about just that, the act of kindness. And the labor of love coming on, uh, coming up a bit later in the show is also going to be a labor of love this week about gratitude and acknowledgement and really appreciating the things that we have in our lives, each and every one of us and our purpose and how we can spread the joy and the love to those around us. Now, as always, you can remember, don't forget, you can reach out to me and ask me your questions on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and I'm always sharing little tips with you throughout the week. So from show to show, you're not just hanging out there. You can reach out to me. You can also call 844-744-SOLO, and that's a 24-7 love line, and you can leave me a message and I'll get back to you. I always answer questions every week from somebody that has written into me via one of those social media networks. And this week, I think it might touch uh, the core for a lot of you out there. And this person wrote and said, Dear Cheryl, I'm reaching out because I had the most offending encounter last week with a matchmaker and still can't get over it. I went to have a consultation at this company. And while I was sitting there, I started talking with a man who was there sitting beside me. We started up a conversation and a few minutes later, Long story short, this 59-year-old gentleman was there to review the profile of a woman that was being suggested, and he told me he recently signed with that company. Would his, this was going to be his third match, and so far he liked number one that he went out with, but wasn't sure. That alone made me crazy. If you like someone, why keep looking? It's part of this dating thing that makes me go crazy. Then I go in for my interview and I'm told there are no matches and that at 58 it's going to be a difficult road for me to find a matchmaker that will take me on as a client. Total waste of my time. She could have told me that on the phone. How bad did I feel leaving that office about myself and my prospects? Cheryl, please tell me life and the desire for a partner is not a pipe dream. 
So I, I, want, to, I want to, first of all, share with you that um, for an ex-matchmaker like myself, the fact is there should be more compassion that is being led. And if you were not met with compassion, then I apologize for all the matchmakers that do exist out there. The one thing that I can say that I'm proud of for the matchmaker is that she didn't just take you on as a client and take your money and promise you things that she couldn't give you. Now, there unfortunately is a difference between a 59-year-old man and a 58-year-old woman. And I deal with this a lot with my clients. And, and I'm very forthright with my clients when it comes to coaching as what are your expectations. And I don't know what the conversation that you had with your matchmaker was and what your expectations were about who the type of person you wanted to go out with. You see, men have it a little bit easier. You know, the myth is that there's you know, five men or five women for every man. It's not true. The numbers are not like that. The difference is that the pool is different. A lot of women, especially successful women, always want somebody who earns the same amount of money as them. And, and some women I just met with this week, seven-figure earners, they want somebody in that same socioeconomic bracket. And that's not necessarily reasonable. What's reasonable is to want a partner that you can share with. And if that means possibly you helping them out a little bit financially, but you get everything else, all the values and the things that are important to you and the way they treat you and the way they treat your potential if you have children, that's what's going to be important so all I can say right now is when you start vetting matchmakers because you have to interview them too before you go I think you learned a valuable lesson and that lesson is you ask the matchmaker give them your age you have to remember they're not allowed to ask you on the phone your age it's it's against the law really but you can say I am a 58 year old woman this is what I'm looking for. Do you have potential prospects for me? Because if she says no, then don't, you're right, don't waste your time. Your time is valuable. Go out and enjoy something and, and do an activity that might introduce you to the person that you want to meet. So you have to learn how to vet the matchmaker as well. If you want, reach out to me. I will spend 15 minutes on the phone with you through my hotline or what I call my love line, 844-744-SOLO. I'm there for you, and I would like to get to know more about what it is that you experience. But please, don't give up hope. There is always somebody there for you to meet. And to discuss that even further, I'm going to welcome, as I do every week on Wise Whispers from Down Under, our very own Dr. Phil is joining us from Australia. That's why we call him the Down Under Man. Hey, Phil. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, listeners. Uh, great to be on. And always, as always, wonderful to listen to those questions that get sent in. Um, really incredible, incredible questions and situations. And yeah, this, and it happened, you know, this happens to be a situation that unfortunately a lot of women do encounter and, and there are harsh realities sometimes to listen to when you're meeting with a matchmaker and, and they're being upfront with you about who they have in their database. Remember, you're, you're talking about who they have in their database. It doesn't mean that there's no men out there. Yeah, ab absolutely. And it's, it's, it, it, it's vetting. It's like whether we're going for a new job or a new position. As I say to my clients, interview the interviewer. 
you've got to work out whether this person is is a good investment or is worth the investment of your time, energy, or money. Um, and you'll get a good feel about it. Again, we go back to you. Listen to your gut. You'll know. You watch their eyes. You'll know. And and you'll just get a general thing from their general body language. And you know whether uh, this fifty eight year old lady. It's it's you know whether this person's going. Oh well, all the men I've got only want young women. God only knows why. But anyway, um, well, there's, so, that's also another myth, by the way. They might they might want to date somebody younger for a short period of time, and then they most men do when they do choose somebody to settle down with. Statistically, they choose somebody more within their own age bracket because and, it's and, also stage of life, right? And it, and it's that you've got greater commonality. I've had I had a friend last year who's. Um, her husband had passed away probably 10 years earlier, um, same, same age as, as me, 59. And, you know, she said, I don't know if I'll ever find love. You know, everyone's looking for this. And I said, well, no, you've just got to picture that love in your heart. You've got to imagine that love. And someone one day will come into your life and that'll be it. But, you know, they're all looking for this person, this person. And I said, it's a matter of what's happening with you and the vibration you're sending out. Right. So within four weeks of this conversation and her starting to raise her vibration, she met a guy and she met a guy who thinks she's the most amazing woman in his life and has ever been in his life. And he said to me, um, they've been now going out for uh, 10, 11 months, and he said to me on the side one night, he said, Philip, he said, I know I've been married four times before but I have truly found the love of my life. Isn't you that know? great? Well, sometimes three's a charm and sometimes you got to go all four limbs. <laughs> yeah. And he was just looking for that right person. And I've never seen my friend happier, right? That's great. My friend really, it's the vibration we put out. It's that energy we put out. And you know what? It's, it can be elegant. It can be graceful. It can be sexy. It can be intelligent, whatever it is. It's going to be out there versus going. Oh, I'm 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 not going to find anyone, or I'm not I'm too old, or I'm this. Change that attitude. Get rid of that. Wipe that off, and get out there and go. You know what, girl? I'm hot. I'm desirable. However, I'm interviewing the people. That's it. Well, that's what I. That's why I was saying that this woman has to vet the matchmakers and and, and just like she's going to have to vet men if she's if she's doing online. But I want to I want to touch on another thing that was part of the email that I got, and she was referring to the gentleman who was saying that he was there to review the third profile and, and the one was, the one he liked the first one. He, he said, "Well, if I can go back." Um, He's. I, I'm trying to find the exact spot, but he was saying that he recently signed with the company and this would be his third match. And so far he liked number one, but wasn't sure. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that because, you know, we talk about in this day and age, you know, everything and people being disposable. And mm-hmm. I, I think she felt that, you know, people are being disposable in this matchmaker world. And, and while I want to look at both sides, so I do want to look at the fact that, this person is paying a matchmaker and most matchmakers work on whether there's three matches or six matches and he might just want to you know, 
go on each one of them. You know, he's paying for that and, and he might want the full service to be able to make a selection. I mean, think back to the dating game. Remember that show on TV? Yeah, contrast. Yeah. I was you know, so you had three people that. and you asked, but do people, but people do, and I want your comment on this now, people do feel that especially with, you know, swiping right and swiping left, that people don't meet somebody and like them and stick with that instead of, well, let me see if the next one's going to be better than this one. So comment on that. See, it's, Cheryl, it's, it's, it's a lot of the, fear, the, the, the FOMO, the fear of missing out, the fear of something um, being better or, wow, if I invest and commit into to this one, what happens if that next one is like that much better or a little bit better or a little bit more compatible versus going, you know what, I'm feeling it. And this is where people get, I think this is where people screw it right up. They get stuck in their bloody heads. All right, and 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 they go. Oh, better in their hand than in the pants. <laughs> well, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but if they truly listen, they will know instantly whether it's going to be a connection. You know, Cheryl, you've been in love. I've been in love. You know immediately whether there's going to be a connection. You know, right? If you've got to work so bloody hard at it to find that right connection, I'd say, look, just hang out on your own. You know, have yeah. some friends. But yeah, it shouldn't be that much fun. work. It definitely shouldn't be work. It but it isn't, so it, isn't always, it isn't always instant chemistry. There are plenty of people well, that are together and have long-term relationships, and the first meeting was not so good, but then they meet under different circumstances. People are in a different frame of mind. Okay. Whatever the connection is, when they reconnect, then they find that, oh, it works. Yeah, right? there's something. There's always something, not necessarily chemistry, but there's no. something in you go. Something gravity. You know that woman really pissed me off, but just I keep thinking about it. I don't understand why, you know? All That's right. the stuff I'm talking about. Or, yeah. wow, she was amazing. Why didn't she like me? Wow, I'm going to hold that, you know? Well, we got to have this on another conversation, so we're going to have to have a fear of missing out conversation right. at another time. Have, Bill, have thank you day, so guys. much for joining us. Don't forget Dr. Phil's book. Soulful Reflections on Amazon and through his website. Stay tuned. United Nations of Love is coming up with two very special women with two very different perspectives on life, love, and lust. Stay with me. I'm Cheryl, and this is Pillow Talk with Cheryl. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. We are back, Pillow Talk with Cheryl. And today, you know, I really wanted to focus on something, as I said earlier, that is really meaningful. And when you think about humanity the way it is now and what's going on worldwide, you know, we see what's going on in the United States. We see what's going on overseas. And this is a time where we really have to learn to love our neighbors and our neighbors are not just the people living right beside us, but it's the people that are from all over the world. And, you know, stop and think about it. Like, if you're living in a faraway land and then you are coming to, let's say, the U.S. or Canada for the land of opportunity to have a better life for yourself, for your children, what does that mean? Today's show is called the United Nations of Love. And I call it that because I really think it's a time where when we think about relationships and all the challenges that we face, well, what happens when you don't even have the opportunities to have the relationships that we want, when things aren't so easy for us? And think about the people that are overseas in Pakistan, for instance, which is where one of our guests is from today. When they come to North America, to Europe for a better life, hoping to find, well, what we call the American dream, even if we're in Canada or wherever we're living, but love, compassion, community, And that's what today's show is going to reflect upon. And I'm really hoping that you really sit back, take a breath, and think about this. Because it's about humanity and how we can each connect to somebody where maybe we need help or maybe they need help. But later on, we're going to talk about metta, the act of kindness, and how we can spread the love. Because that's what this show is all about, right? It's about spreading the love. It's it's about life, love, and lust. And right now, I'm lusting to introduce you to my new guest. So this week, I am so happy to introduce you to Huma Kermani. She is from Pakistan, as I said. She is a TEDx speaker, a social activist, a mentor, an honorary member of the United Nations of Pakistan, She wrote a novel called uh, Corridors of Transmutation, and like it it goes on and on and on how many books she wrote. So welcome to the show, Huma. Hello. Uh, Thank you very much for inviting me to your show, Cheryl. 
it, it's a pleasure to have you and 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 I'm I'm anxious for you to share you know your experience and your knowledge with everybody and I also want to introduce at this time Kate Houston she is a dating and love coach who empowers ambitious women to come alive and not just through flirting with love but through flirting with life and she helps women let go of fear and that's something that I know a lot of the women that humai that you've come in contact with in Pakistan and and all over the you know the various countries that really don't empower women. She's really out there trying to lift up women. And there's a special part of this story that you're going to listen to. So don't go away, you listeners, because what you're going to find out about Kate is really something special as well. So welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. I am. And so a little bit later, we're going to tell them the, the little secret that that we're going to unfold about you and your life and how this humanitarian love effort is affecting <laughs> you and your family. But Huma, I want to go to you and I want to start this off with you because really, you know, uh, Pillow Talk is all about talking about relationships and love and, and kindness, is especially today's show. What is it that first drove you to write you know, so many of your books, including The Rivers of Babylon. Tell us what drives you to empower these women. Uh, actually, uh, Pakistan is in Southeast Asia, and our immediate neighbor is uh, Afghanistan and India. We share borders with Afghanistan. So when the war was started in Afghanistan, I was a school uh, a kid and I at that time I was very much annoyed that why there is war why there was a, a heavy influx of refugees but by the time I uh, came across many uh, cases of refugees I met them I saw them they were just roaming uh, in the street of my country uh, barefoot they were famished they were poor they were homeless so you you see that uh, a tea, from a teenage uh, fascination, um, uh, my uh, you know the entire faculty of my potential is diverted towards uh, the love which I harbored for compassion or for humanity, and uh, you know that they they were so poor the refugees the Afghan children they were uh, beautiful they were healthy. And some of the uh, refugees, Afghan refugees, they came and stayed with me at my home. They worked for my home. Uh, and you see the things that uh, I had come across, the crisis, the refugee crisis, uh, which was really um, uh, a real trauma uh, that the entire nation of Pakistan had come across that changed my life, that changed my perception. And uh, that made me write the corridors, uh, the book Corridors of Transmutation. It's like that it's a corridor from Afghanistan to Kuwaita to Peshawar and then to Karachi. And I'm so glad that uh, by the time that, uh, you know, the circumstances are quite better and some of the Afghans, they move back to their homes. On the other hand, when the uh, Gulf War was started and when uh, there was, you know, uh, the war in Syria, and uh, if you remember that one of the men 
that who lost his wife and the child were crossing uh, the borders towards Turkey and he was sailing in a boat and the a boat it capsized and he lost his child. That yes. made me write my second book the river, by the rivers of Babylon. So you see the the love for humanity which I harbored in my heart and which changed my life that uh, that you know that love is universal compassion is supposed to be dispersed amongst the people who are homeless uh, who are the victims of uh, war and terrorism that made me write my books um, so as, as somebody who who is very much you know uh, you know on the ground seeing all of this i i'm i'm curious when it comes to you know you talk about family, you talk about relationships, you talk about love, you talk about humanitarianism. So what do you see, for instance, between a man and woman? You know, here we have so much, we talk about in, in North America and in Europe, a, a com, you know, a common phrase is, you know, life is complicated. We don't even know what complication is when it comes to relationships, when you're talking about living on the streets, being a refugee, you know, being on the move to try and find that freedom. Um, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about how, like, does it bring couples closer together as they're on their move? Or, you know, how do they, how do they really connect with each other? All right. Uh, if, uh, if you uh, wish to read my book, uh, the narrator of my uh, book, is uh, a girl, an Afghan girl, uh, who was living all alone with her mother because uh, her eldest brother and uh, her father were uh, engaged uh, uh, along with the Mujahideens. Uh, so this is how I showed that at the night when uh, the, the, the husband, he came and he, he compelled uh, his wife to migrate towards Quetta, to, towards Pakistan. She was not ready because their ancestors were there, their graves were there. Uh, so somehow they were migrated to Quetta. Uh, whereas uh, if you are talking about uh, the, uh, the relationship of refugees, men and women, uh, you know, that uh, unfortunately uh, there you know, that they are very uh, living in a very conservative uh, um, scenario. They, they, the women, uh, even if they are living in the refugees camps, they are not supposed to take their own decisions. Their right. decisions are taken up by their uh, uh, council of elders, which we say Jirga, or, uh, you know, that uh, uh, there are, rituals even right. when they are living in the agony of that uh, refugee camp that the rituals uh, which have been practiced which have been uh, exercising for centuries uh, these women have to follow this so uh, this so is- i i, I want to ask kate here for a minute uh, just you know is, do you think that there's something for us as North Americans, um, not coming from the same culture, is there something for us to learn from that? From, you know, just what Huma was talking about, you know, those rituals, those, those you know, sacred, you know, history laws and traditions that still follow them. Do you think there's something for us to learn? I think absolutely. I think what's beautiful about that is that there is 
um, a beauty to ritual, a beauty to tradition, and to understanding the backbone and undercurrent and motives behind that, that isn't always just faith, but culture-based. And it's how community connects, it's how community survives, it's how community relates to each other. Especially when you think of you know, ancient times where you had factions and small tribes and they had to come together to, to not fight, right? And take over, so there was peace. In, in how communities would work together. So I think when we have that connection and understanding, even if it's not something we believe in, but have a respect for and a tolerance for, it allows us to have a richer context and fabric of life and how life is on this planet and communities. Absolutely. So it's kind of like not judging, right, Kay? Like we shouldn't yes. judge other communities. And I think that's something that we do get caught up in. We, we judge what's right or wrong based on where we're coming from. But it doesn't mean that we have to agree with it. It just means, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. You know, it, very interesting. And I, I, we're going to come back to this um, right after the break. But I've been recently watching The Society, which is a new Netflix show. And um, it's about these teenagers who get transported. Actually, you're not really sure whether they, you know, their parents have been removed from their community or they've been thrown into an alternate community. And it's all about learning to adapt and not fight and and respect and communicate and I think that this is something this is what I was hoping for today's show to kind of open up to all of us and and to you at home like really as humanitarians as people on this planet how are we going to make it better. So we're going to keep talking about that with my two guests, Huma Kermani and Kate Houston, right after that. Don't go away. Pillow Talk with Cheryl and the Labor of Love technique is coming up right after this. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. Hey, everybody. This is Pillow Talk with Cheryl. 
on Voice America. And uh, today we're having a really, really heartfelt conversation about love. But this is like the true nature of love. Loving our fellow humans. Loving where we come from, appreciating, respecting each other. And it's about the communication and how we can communicate with each other. I'm being joined, as you all know, by Huma Kermani, and she's coming to us from Pakistan, and Kate Houston, who's coming to us from the U.S. And we are having this conversation about United Nations of Love and how we can all get united and get on the same page and support each other. And, you know, especially in in this case, you know, uh, Huma was talking about people who are coming in from other uh, countries, refugees and what they need and, and, and the support that we should give people. And I was saying earlier that Kate had a little uh, secret to share without something we wanted to share with you. So I just want to remind everybody though, by the way, that you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and uh, I'm always sharing tips and things that you can do at home to start manifesting the things that you want. And coming up really shortly, I'm going to be sharing this week's labor of love technique with you. But I want to go, Kate, to the big surprise here. Okay. So, uh, Huma, what you may not know is that Kate has a humanitarian heart, just like us. Now, uh, Huma and I met because we are both global goodwill ambassadors. I, I feel humbled to be part of that and to be, have been nominated into that world. And Kate has a goodwill ambassador heart and she should be the next person (laughs) inducted into the global goodwill ambassadorship. Kate, why don't you share with us what you are doing along with your sons? Thank you. Help bring the world together. Well, I feel as a parent, one of my greatest uh, purposes is to be a role model through my actions to illustrate a shift from fear to love, that the world is about connected, abundant love and the unknown that brings about fear can be countered by love. And it can show up in many different ways. For me, it was taking action. I was introduced to a wonderful 12-year-old girl named Josie who has a nonprofit called Josie's Well, where she has raised uh, funds, I think maybe five or six wells worth of funds for clean water wells in Ghana. And I was really inspired by meeting her and thought, I can do this. I'm an adult. She's a kid. I mean, anybody, you know, we, this is a great opportunity to show my children through my actions how I can show up in the world so that they, children learn from your actions, not what you say and try to teach. Because, it, you know, if they're listening, mine are teenagers now. So they're listening half the time, right? <laughs> I have 20 and 30-year-olds, so they, they don't listen very often at all anymore. <laughs> so it's exactly that. But my actions speak louder than words. So I had committed through talking with Josie about the wells and clean water wells in Ghana and how it can change lives significantly, that there are villages where there are children five and under who are dying, who never get ahead of the diseases that are in the contaminated water and pass away. And so when a mother who has been interviewed at one of the villages where they'd had a well for a year, when they were, when the, the committee and asked her, what was different for you this year? She said, none of my children died this year. Oh my gosh. Like, like, wow, like right the heart, right? Right, like, like the, like, so you just, she was expecting that every year previously. And that's how many mothers are. And as a mother went, oh, I, how can I not help? So 
I utilized uh, my community and made outreach and made, and, you know, got out of my own way and got out of worrying about feeling and looking awkward or silly, you know, all the things that my teenage boys worry about and just did it because the cause and the vision was there and was able to raise enough funds for us to uh, drill two clean water wells in Ghana. And this summer I'm taking my boys to go dedicate those wells to meet the communities, to meet people doing and embarking and embodying other humanitarian causes like schools to help educate children so they get out of the rock quarries that break rock apart for a dollar a day. And that is their life. That is their life unless they get an education. So, I mean, and on top of that is the young girls who travel for clean water for six hours a day in Ghana who don't get the education. So, so many things about as a woman, as a mother, as an opportunity to be a humanitarian and be a role model for my children to see what change can happen by what by my standards here in the United States where we're so very privileged and so very lucky and I'm so grateful we have the opportunity to make change so easily one person at a time so my children seeing that I think is going to give them a greater experience than me ever talking to them about it a hundred percent when you experience something that is our lessons right I mean those are our life lessons everything that we learn day to day and and you know it's interesting because you're saying that Kate and then Huma you were talking earlier about you know the, these people these refugees and and think about how many refugee children are there on their own like you know we we talk about and 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 we give such gratitude towards these children, you know, in North America and all over the world who go out and do something because they see a cause and they want to be active. But then think about these children who are being active because they have no choice. They don't have, you know, parents to take care of them. They have to grow up and do these things on their own. And Huma, you, you, you experience this, you see this, it's part of life for you. And it's part of what you've written about, right? Yeah, I have written all the facts uh, which uh, through which Afghan refugees had been through and still, you know, uh, they are living in the refugee camps. Some of them, they have uh, come up in the mainstream of Pakistan uh, life. But even then, you know, the level of poverty um, and, the, uh, you know, that they are the ones who have been neglected for so long. One generation has been grown up without education, without the basic facilities of medicine. Uh, here, uh, when you were talking about uh, that is Kate, that is uh, we we may communicate with the people. Uh, if you talk about a refugee couple, I told you that uh, even then in the refugee camps they are living, but their decisions are not their decisions. It is something, the shift in the power from the uh, interior uh, um, potential towards exterior ones, because uh, even then their rituals are very strong. And uh, there is a communication gap. Uh, so somehow when, uh, when the poverty does not let you have enough food to entertain your bellies. So children, they are, they are not uh, educated. They have not been to the schools. But some of the teachers, uh, they, uh, they go and they teach in the refugee camps. But again, the question uh, comes that if they will study, uh, from where they will uh, get the money to have some food? So this is a, a, a tragedy um, 
of the refugees, of the Afghan refugees, and many of the refugees uh, who are living in the camps or who are crossing the borders. And as she was talking about the contaminated water, let me tell you that uh, Pakistan is a country where you may have heard about a desert, third, third desert, uh, where it rarely rains, there is no resource of water, there's no reservoir of water. So women and children, they walk for miles and miles to collect water. Um, and uh, I met uh, a young gentleman uh, who was from Thar. It's in Sindh. It's in the province of Pakistan. So he saw his mother who walked uh, for miles and miles to collect water. So he somehow had uh, done something to change rainwater into the portable water or into the drinking water. And, you know, the contaminated water is there. One thing that some uh, one of my friends said that uh, we are worried about the kidney infections. Why don't we give clean water to our children so that there will be no infection in the kidneys? So, you know, that these are the problems that the refugees are facing every day in their life. And the basic, the basic thing is this, that the communication gap, women are not allowed to communicate even with their husbands. So somehow, you know, there is a huge difference uh, in the life of and. And, and these are these are couples who these are couples who chose you know to be married to start families together and then you know listening to you talk about the fact that they can't even communicate with their spouse I mean how we, we, we worry about that we don't know how to communicate well enough and that we don't know how to share certain feelings and here you're talking about you have a total breakdown of it I, I, I did want to I did want to ask you uh, Huma about women, you know, because we, we do hear a lot about, especially women who are refugees, who are coming um, to to different lands and, and women who are either abused, you know, whether it's sexually, mentally, physically, yeah. you know, c- c- how do they put that, um, not behind them, but how do they move forward for that when they do get to a place like America and, and then have opportunity, but is it easy for them to to kind of move forward from what they experience? Because women here, like we do, we 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 have all you know challenges, but we don't have those kind of challenges. And for some for some people, it's very hard to move forward, even you know from divorce or from the loss of a parent. And this, I would think, is you know heightened to 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 degrees that we can't comprehend here. How do they move yeah. forward? Uh, well, uh, if we talk about some of the uh, educated uh, refugees that who are living in, in a better shape of life, even the women, uh, they are not supposed to take their own decisions. As I have said earlier, that most of the decisions regarding women uh, is being taken by their clan, is taken by their parents, and the council, uh, council of elders, which is supposed to be a very conservative, uh, 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 you know, the council where the women are not allowed to ask a question, even if they want to marry to one of their, uh, you know, 
of their choice they are not allowed to do so even you know that the religion has allowed a, a woman a young woman uh, to uh, select a person of her own choice but uh, somehow the rituals are so the, the people who are uh, executing these rituals they are very headstrong and they don't let uh, girls to educate they don't get girls to marry to their own choice but even some of the girls they are trying hard um, so it must be total know, culture shock for i mean obviously it's total culture shock when they do mm-hmm. arrive in a place let's say like north america and i i want to i want to talk about that a little bit more when we come back from the break in the meantime what i do want to share with everybody is a little bit of labor of love and it's a quite simple one this week because listen to what's going on here listen to this conversation that i'm having with kate and with huma and think about yourself and think about the life and think about the challenges that you have and i want you to write your gratitude list think about all the things that you should be grateful for for your life and even you can look at the challenges that you have and be grateful and show the gratitude that you have for yourself and for the community and find what is there for you that's there to help you because other people don't have any of these options so This week's labor of love, it's your gratitude list. Please write it, look at it, study it, embrace it, and stay with us right here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl because we're going to continue talking with Kate and Huma right after this. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. listening to Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you have a question or comment about the show, send an email to info at CherylBesner.com. That's info at Cheryl, B-E-S-N-E-R.com. Now, back to Pillow Talk. I'm Cheryl, your relationship coach and communication expert, and this is Pillow Talk with Cheryl, the show about life, love, and lust. But today's show has been really important to me, and it's been about the United Nations of Love. And we're talking with Huma Kermani. She is actually an honorary member of the United Nations and an author and a humanitarian and part of the Good Global Goodwill Ambassadorship, which we've both been um, blessed to be 
honored with being given that title. And also with Kate Houston, she is a dating and love coach and also a humanitarian, and she's doing something about it. And that's what I want to focus on a little bit in this segment, because um Huma, you live this, you write about it, you share, you you uplift people, you support community. And Kate, you are really exposing your children. As we talked about earlier, you guys should all go back and listen to the beginning of this if you just got in now. Um, you're going to be sharing this experience with your children. So let's just back it up for a second here. And Huma, I know that there's a story and that's very dear to your heart about a young boy. And I'm saying this because Kate's going to talk a little bit more about the seeds that we plant with our children. But you had a young boy stay with you, right? Yeah. So c- c- share with our listeners that story and why it touched you. Uh, okay, uh, when the boy, he had come to my home, I was uh, a, a bit, uh, you know, um, not uh, satisfied with him. I said that he is a homeless child, uh, so how could he manage to live with us? But uh, by the time, you know, that he proved uh, himself, that uh, uh, one thing I would like to say that, you know, that uh, these uh, Afghans, they eat something, uh, a tobacco or some sort of thing, and he used to uh, eat that. So one day my daughter, he asked, uh, she asked me, my daughter, she said that, uh, Mom, what, is, uh, he, he, what does he eat all the time? I said, uh, I said very, uh, you know, uh, in a whisper to my daughter that don't ask for it, it's a dirty thing. I don't know how did he listen to uh, my command. And he jumped up from the chair and he threw it in the dustbin. And he said that I won't eat it again. I won't use it again. And, you know, that way, while he was living with us, he uh, became such a good boy uh, that he used to brush his teeth. He used to um, offer his prayers uh, and he was so helpful to me that somehow uh, we were uh, like uh, a mother and a son. But somehow uh, his uh, cousin, he came to my home and he said that now the things are better and we are moving back to Afghanistan. So at that time, there were tears in his eyes. I was also crying. He was also crying. And he returned me that toothpaste, that toothbrush, a little towel and soap. And he said that these were the things when I came to your home, you gave me to be uh, to keep myself clean. So I said that his name was Khadim Shah. So I said that Khadim Shah, if you are leaving my home, please don't leave the good qualities that you have, uh, uh, that you have uh, earned from my home. So this is something that I can never forget that child who was a refugee who came to me in, who came to my home in search of food, in search of work. And he, will, he changed into a very good boy. And I still remember the time when he was also crying and I was crying. And then, you know, he left my home. So, okay, so, okay, right now I'm a little speechless. Um, because I'm kind of crying here. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, Uh, because it's a beautiful 
beautiful story. And, and I think it's what Kate is, is referring to, you know, our children and our community and the things that we want in life for the people around us, for, for all humanity is that people learn, people grow, people experience and, and, and the, best way for people to learn is through experience and being guided and not everybody just knows how to be kind not everybody knows how to be grateful not everybody knows what compassion is and um that's that's I think, Kate, from what I understand, the reason that you're choosing to bring your children is to expose them firsthand as to, you know, people who need our support. And and, and it's not about us, you know, learning gratitude for what we have because of somebody else's misery. It's about actually going out there and, and helping somebody to grow, which is the basis of a relationship is wanting somebody else to grow and, and flourish. And that's what Huma did with this young boy. Kate, talk to us about this with your kids, please. Well, I think Before the most important right thing now. too is that, yes. So what's amazing is not only have I been able to raise funds for the clean water wells that they get to go and see the dedication at, they get to see people who maybe don't have the level of uh, opportunity or choice or affluence that we have, but they get to see people in joy and happiness and delight and authenticity and have dignity. So one of the things I'm actually working with my children to do, they're soccer players, which is the, I think, international language, (laughs) (laughs) is for them to uh, step up and get out of their comfort zone and ask for donations of soccer balls. We live um, in Portland, Oregon, where we have Adidas and Nike, where we can touch point with them and people and see if there's donations that we can take soccer balls for the kids so they can play this game with them and gift them some things to leave for their joy too. Um, And to see how that small thing can change lives so that that seeds also for them the experiences. Now, this is going to be a totally different world for them. And a lot of it may be surprising and overwhelming. And so I have no expectations of how they will integrate this in the moment. I know that these are seeds that will plant inside them as they grow and mature. And they have a larger worldview, which is really my goal for them to truly have a world community view. But then they'll have the aha moments and it will inspire them in other ways. And things will not look so hard for how they can step up and make change by just being one person stepping into their power, into their courage into their bravery to make change in this world. I love it. It's all about living with that compassion, living with that kindness, living with community. And and I love the fact that there's no expectation there because, you know, when it, when it comes to our children, it's about planting those seeds. Like you did, Huma, with this young boy. You planted a seed and he took it. And then, I mean, from him wanting to give it back to you and, and the way you shared with him, you know, no, please take this forward. Remember, hold on to it. Um that's all we can hope for with our children. Our children are our tomorrows. And hopefully our children are going to take everything that this world has to offer and, and use it to the best advantage of this universe, you know, for the goodness of each other. And I, I just want to thank you both for sharing so much of yourselves and, and your stories with us. And, and I hope everybody at home right now is is expressing 
you know, their gratitude for the gift that you've given us and, and shared with us today. And uh, let's all get out there and do something. Human, can you give us how people can get in touch with you, please? Uh, uh, through my Twitter account. And I'm on Facebook as well. Um, and they can email me. And your email address is what, Huma, please? Uh, my email address is uh, H-U-M-A-K-I-R-M-A-N-I-1-2-3 at the rate outlook.com. Don't forget, everybody, you can go to the page and you'll see all the information as for Huma as well as how to get her books. Kate, how do people get in touch with you? They can email me at kate at rockstarlibrarian.com and also visit my wonderful fabulousandfearlessinlove.com, which is a great online show coming up where women can overcome their fears around trust and relationship and build a, a greater connected, abundant love in this world by experts sharing, including you. <laughs> I know. I was just about to say, and I am so grateful to be part of that summit. So everybody stay tuned and you'll be able to have a link to each one of these fantastic women right on my page at CherylBesner.com. Thank you, ladies, so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Oh, my pleasure. And now a little bit of kindness, still spreading some love here with the inspirational thought for the week. And this is from my heart to yours. And I hope you really embrace the words that I'm going to share with you. Think about it. Go back, write them down, and see if it resonates. And um, so I invite you, please, take a breath. Close your eyes if you want. Cuddle up with somebody But just embrace this. The power of kindness, metta, the act of loving kindness, in all its benevolence can change the world. Simple gestures that seem insignificant to one, the turning point towards hope for others. A smile in the right direction as sad person's low spirits can be lifted. A short visit to a lonely soul can make their entire week feel special. A helping hand from you can lift and support a fallen spirit in need. Metta, the act of loving kindness. A morsel of food for one can be a feast for another. A simple hug can give someone the strength to move on. A show of compassion can allow someone to be vulnerable and open to accepting your help. Metta, the act of loving kindness. A fresh perspective can shed light on a dark moment. A listening ear without judgment can open conversation. A time to retreat can give the time to regenerate. Metta, the act of loving kindness. Be kind to the universe. Be kind to your loved ones. Be kind to strangers you meet on your journey. Mostly, be kind to yourself because it all starts with you. Metta, the act of loving kindness. Unleash the power you possess. So, until we meet again next week here on Pillow Talk with Cheryl, I invite you to think about these words. Think about what we talked about today. Think about what you can do to make somebody feel better this week, to help somebody, because that alone is going to give you yourself so much love and so much compassion for the community around us. And this week, as always, I invite you to keep it. Simple and stimulating because we all know it's all about 
The Kiss. I'll see you next week on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. And don't forget, check me out on Facebook, Instagram. There's always labor of love techniques I'm sharing with you. Take care, everybody. Good night. Thanks for being here. Pillow Talk with Cheryl Basner will be back next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll want to make sure you're back for more great Pillow Talk. Oh, 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 oh,